0: episode of radical stepmoms podcast is sponsored by stepmom magazine and if you haven't read it yet, you don't know what you're missing. It's actually the first resource I found and stepmoms, believe me when I tell you, it was a game changer for how I navigate this role. Stepmom Magazine is a monthly online publication and each issue is packed with articles from therapists and family experts who know exactly what you're going through and what to do about it because they're stepmoms too. When you subscribe, you'll get access to a private group forum where you can talk with other stepmoms from around the world and they also offer eBooks on specific topics like Engaging, being a full-time stepmom, parental alienation, and so much more. They're all available to download right now. I subscribed years ago, and it was exactly what I needed to feel less alone and more supported. To join, head to stepmommagazine.com and use code radical20 to save 20%. If you love it as much as I do, send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. I love hearing from you. Again, that's stepmommagazine.com and use the code radical20 to save 20%. Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. On this episode, I am chatting with Kelly. She is a licensed clinical psychologist and a full-time stepmom. I asked her to come on after her and I exchanged some DMs on Instagram when the topic of are we supporting our partners or are we enabling our partners? Came mm-hmm. up in discussion, and you sent me this great message, and I was like, "Girl, let's talk about this." <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, hi Kelly, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think my response was like, "I have so much to say about this." <laughs> yes, not only and not only from my lens as a psychologist, but in my role navigating this as a, I'm now 44, I'll be 45 this summer. I was 41 when I moved in with my now husband and his two boys who he has full uh, legal, legal and physical custody, and they are eight and 11. And I was childless by choice up until that point, it was me and my cats, you know, hanging out at home. living yeah, life. lady. <laughs> and I, I always wanted to find a partner. And I knew that at my age, you know, it was Good chance I was going to find somebody with kids and the reality of stepping into that role, wearing the professional hat I wear and having all sorts of great ideas of how this role should be navigated, Mm. air quotes around should, good Mm -hmm. Um, and what that actually looks like to step into. And I'll just say this from the beginning, because I think this was another thing that you and I talked about was my partner has pretty significant ADHD Mm -hmm. that has gone untreated until about six months ago was when he first started medication. And Mm. he just started counseling about a month ago. And so here I am, you know, the psychologist who's done many rounds of my own counseling and obviously does this professionally. Uh So I have lots of thoughts on just the various factors that play into this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, 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 it's, I mean, as clinicians and stuff, it is so hard to take off that hat. And I think Mm -hmm. also, stepmoms who find themselves being helpers in the, you know, in the helping role or, Mm -hmm. you know, I always chat with so many other Enneagram
1: two type twos.
0: Uh, and I'm actually
1: more of like an eight. I think I I've done it before. I think I'm an eight Mm -hmm. with like a wing three. Okay, I can be kind of like harsh, you know, like, no, no, get your shit together. Uh, Uh, sorry. Am I allowed to cuss on this? Oh, totally. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) And I I resonated on another one of your recent podcasts. You were talking with another guest who was like, yeah, I'm also a natural helper. And so there is this piece of me that that just knows that I bring unique strengths and experiences to the table. Mm -hmm. And I know also professionally that people need to be ready to want change and all of this. And... And whether it's my husband with his optimism and, you know, just tendency to overestimate his abilities and his Mm. capacity. Mm -hmm. But I get sucked into it every time thinking, okay, he says he's going to do this. He's going to follow through and be consistent. And then the next thing you know, he's like, what? Oh, is it bedtime? Oh, Uh I totally just lost track of time. And I'm, constantly in this back and forth. And I don't, I'm guessing you probably run into, or some of the other listeners can run into this, like, okay, I don't want to take over, but I also am in the environment. I can't ignore it. Mm -hmm. I can't ignore the fighting or I can't ignore looking at the clock because I am more time oriented and like, let's get shit done. Mm -hmm. Um, and he is not. Mm -hmm. And I, both try to respect that, give him space while also being like, yeah, but as soon as the kids get to bed, you and I can have time together too. Yeah. So motivated.
0: That. Yeah. You're motivated yeah. in that regard. Yep. Yeah. And I think I get stuck in, you know, I, I am like self-diagnosed undiagnosed GAD generalized anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I find myself in situations where I'm like, this is making me anxious. I know what would fix it. Like for example, yeah. I, you know followers know that I struggle with emails from and from to and from biomom. Like I am Your constantly voice. trying to remind my husband, Hey, so that email is still sitting there. We need to respond. (laughs) We need to let Ah. it go, like get it out of our court. And that like, I can't forget about it. And for my husband, Mm -hmm. it's out of sight, out of mind. He doesn't want to talk to her. He's not even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Or I'm thinking this is time sensitive and he's totally unaware. And so for me, I'll be like, fine, screw it. I'm just going to send the email. Hey, I wrote the email. Look at it. It's in draft. Like I'll take over. And- Ah that's where we run into i mean all these different situations where you are like you know if you talk to you know other stepmom platforms or other ways of being a stepmom right there's like the Mm nacho method Nacho kids like don't worry about it but when you are in it and there's all these different scenarios it's hard to disengage in that way and then you run into the comments of well you're enabling you're not supporting Mm -hmm. you're enabling Mm -hmm. the situation and absolutely. Like, I know that there's been times where I'm like, I should have just let that ship mm-hmm. set, like, like, <laughs> ca- like natural consequences. Fire. <laughs> right. Like I should just let that catch on fire, yeah. but it's so hard to let go of that control.
1: Well, and I think the, the tricky part for me and that I'm constantly asking myself, Christina, is this question of, okay, if I let this go, Am I prepared to live with the consequences? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, I feel like a stepmom's so much more than I ever could have predicted. I feel like I'm having to choose between shitty choice A and shitty choice B. Mm-hmm. And which pain point am I willing to take on? Mm-hmm. And I think, and I say this a lot to my clients, and I try to think of this for myself as I thought about us talking today. It's this idea of like, well, if I can ground myself in what am I doing intentionally? Like, let me at least slow down enough so that I'm not just reacting out of my own anxiety or my own shit. I'm not just responding to the patriarchy and gender stereotype roles because I, I, we can talk all about yeah, that. We talk about that, yeah. <laughs> and I have to slow down enough to say, well, I'm going to take it somewhere, <laughs> Like, this is going to hit me in some way or another. Mm. There's just no way around that. So which of those am I at least most willing to live with? Which of those consequences or which of those pain points, which shitty choice A or B am I most willing to live with? Is it in my best interest too? Yeah. And not in a, not in an unhealthy, selfish way, but in a very like self-aware, Energy you know what preserving. I have the Exactly. I have the capacity to do this right now, and I'd rather call and make that doctor's appointment mm-hmm. than wait for my husband to get around to doing it and or asking me what's the phone number and or trying to track down the number because he's getting better at being like, "Wait, I'll, I'll find it, I'll find it. But I also know that's just not his strength. So how can I honor and appreciate and respect? the strengths he does bring to the table, yep. honor, appreciate my strengths. Cause I kind of kick ass in that, that regard. Mm-hmm. And yet I have said this to him multiple times. And when we are like at our worst points as a couple, I say, I need to pull back because I feel like I'm more of a parent than you or the boy's mom are. Yeah. And when I get to that point, that's when I'm like, Oh yeah. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I maybe have trod over even my own boundaries and I'm huge on boundaries. And yet I still find myself wrestling with these questions Mm -hmm. day in day out. Mm
0: -hmm. And I, I I love that you kind of explained your train of thought and like how you have to like do that self-talk because I think- Mm -hmm. All of us have to have some inner dialogue and like walking us through what is happening for us right now. And what am I putting my energy into and being intentional about how we show up? Because I find myself weighing you, you identified it as shitty option, a shitty option B, Mm -hmm. right? I identify it as, um, will this lead to resentment or will this Mm -hmm. decrease my anxiety? Which one am I going to pick? Like, am I choosing Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: then I'm going to be mad at my husband because he's lazy and he (laughs) didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I have to do everything around here and no one appreciates me. And I'm just, you know, I don't want to be that person. If I know that I would be that person, I choose not to do it. If I yes. see the situation as, okay, I've done it. It's not a big deal. I don't have a lot of energy that I've wasted. It, the results are something that I wanted. It's, you know, whether it's like something stupid, like he's not going to remember to pack his lunch. Well, I'm just going to do it. Like the mm-hmm. lunchbox is done. It's put away, let it go, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: I instead i am like I'm the only yeah. one that packs this lot, you know, then I won't do it. So it's constantly yeah. choosing because it's a good barometer. I, I want that resentment. I the stepmoms who have had one-on-one sessions know my analogy when I talk about resentment, and it's a resentment plant. And we want the fucker mm-hmm. to die. <laughs> we don't <laughs> want to feed it. We don't want to give it light or water. We want it to die. And so when I find myself watering the resentment plant, I take notice of that and I'm like, oh no, like I got to do something else, got to do something Mm -hmm. different. And there's, it's like, I feel like we're constantly being, these situations are constantly being shot at us. And each scenario is different, right? Like you're going to feel differently about each one. Yeah.
1: I, um, so the boys went to visit their mom over a recent long weekend. And while they were there on the day they were supposed to come home, she said, Oh, by the way, the oldest has a fever. He's kind of had a cough the last couple days. So, you know, but I, I'm just going to give him lots of Motrin so that'll take down the fever. And I'm like talking to my husband, uh, Well, taking down the fever isn't going to actually tell us if he's sick or not, you know, it's just going to mask the symptoms. So we said, well, and she lives three hours away in another state. They live with us full time. Typically what we do is we'll drive and meet halfway at this gas station. And so what my husband ultimately proposed, and we have a group chat with her and her partner, me and my partner, and that's the primary mode of communication for the last about two years. And he texts her and says, well, I think you need to track down some COVID tests because if they are COVID positive, like if one of them is actually sick, then they've been with you for the last four days anyway. They need to just stay there. Uh And at first she like pushed this thing. And my husband was kind of thinking like, well, wouldn't it be better if they were with us? And, you know, like he's thinking... For simplicity's sake, because we also know that extended time with BioMom often means they come back really... Deprogrammed? Deprogrammed. (laughs) I was trying to, uh, I was gonna say maladjusted. I don't wanna go to the negative language, but like unadjusted to Uh our rules and rhythms. And I'd say for the first like year and a half, especially since I came into the picture, that has been, that was a challenge a real big challenge for them to understand why the different rules. Well, as she very directly told me when um, the first time I met her, she just loves getting to be the weekend Disneyland mom. She just loves it. She like doesn't have to do all the like lunches and getting them up for school. It doesn't have to be the hard one. Like She loves that. And, and she was vocal, vocal about that? She was vocal about that to me, yeah. Oh, no. And she did have a period where she was the primary parent. Um, And then she ultimately lost custody. Well, one of the kids asked to go and live with his dad full time. And then she ultimately had a CPS investigation that led to them saying, well, if dad takes custody, full custody of both, we won't press charges. But Mm. anyway, so she found herself really free and eager to just enjoy them on the weekends and get to send them back. And so she doesn't like to do the hard part, uh, hard parts of parenting. She doesn't like to have bedtime. She doesn't like to make them take baths. She doesn't like to limit their screen time or their food or anything. So she
0: probably wouldn't want them sick. yeah. Where <laughs> they require more
1: TLC. Yeah, fast forward, plot twist. They both tested COVID positive. Uh. So we did have them stay for that school week. I ended up testing positive again, oh, five wow. days later. And so we're like, you got to keep them. there, are still shedding live virus. And one of the other complications is that my um, immunocompromised mother-in-law lives with us full time. Mm-hmm. And okay. we didn't want the boys to come back and also potentially expose her because she's sure. not boosted. And anyway, all this to say, just even a question like that around, mm-hmm. like, do I weigh in? this is going to affect me because I'm going to have to quarantine. Mm-hmm. If they come back and they're positive, but do I tell my husband? How much do I say, no, they can't come back? How mm-hmm. much do I enable this whole process of making the decision and having, helping him think through the potential ramifications yeah. of them coming back? And if they had been at our home, of course we would absolutely rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. But we had another option. Mm-hmm. And her wanting to kind of like, bye-bye, send them back to you uh, initially was like, no, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think for the past two years, stepmoms have been in that role. Uh, especially, yes. I mean, I get so many messages from um either the stepmoms themselves are autoimmune, you know, compromised or um or they're pregnant. Or they have a newborn at home or, you know, and they're in a position and they get, you know, they're stuck in being like, I'm sorry, I have to advocate for myself or my baby or my family or whatever. Yeah. And then have to risk their partner seeing it as you just don't want my kids around or you don't, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, oh it's not mm-hmm. like there's, it's so much more complicated than that. Um, yeah. yeah. But we're always in those positions and Mm -hmm. when to speak up and when to lend a helping hand Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and when to just let it ride. Well, and even, you know, they're there. So they ended up being there for two full school weeks and the oldest had the option of going full virtual. The youngest didn't, but we would get emails from his teachers. Oh, he hasn't turned in this after the first week we saw he had nine missing assignments. Mm. And when on Sunday, between the two weeks, we said, Hey, we noticed that he hasn't turned in nine assignments. She's like, okay, I'll have him check into that later this afternoon. (laughs) And it was one of those things where it's like, if he was at our house, we would have been like, no, 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 no. You stop playing Minecraft or whatever you're doing and you go take care of those assignments. Mm -hmm. You should have done. Yeah. And then I think about how at our house, there is a point in the last almost four years that I've been in this role that I think my husband would have let it ride too Mm. and waited until the afternoon. He historically is not the baddie Mm. either between his ADHD. And I think just trying to figure out what it means, what kind of parent he wants to be Mm-hmm. I don't think he had to think much about it. Mm-hmm. And I think marrying a psychologist really fucked that up. <laughs> he, was, he could no longer just like sit back and not think about these things. Yeah. And not yep. be intentional. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's just incredibly important that we do what we say, that we follow through, that we are reliable, that we are congruent mm-hmm. with our values and our actions in as much as possible and consistent and boy does my husband struggle with that consistency and a significant part of that is due to his ADHD that right. i'm constantly having to sift through and being like is this him being lazy is this his ADHD is this the patriarchy because he's defaulting to gender stereotypes even though mm-hmm. he would consider himself a feminist and i'm a feminist and you mm-hmm. know all of these things it's so much to sift through it's a lot really
0: to unravel insane. and all these lenses are like like we have to like is it this? Is it that? And it's probably all of them, like to some degree. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about the the patriarchy. <laughs> let's just talk about like <laughs> the gender roles and how we find. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like this is such like a thing that you know, in the in the heteronormative relationships, I would say mm-hmm. where one person takes on one role and the other person takes mm-hmm. on the other role. And when you're the stepmom and you are taking on that motherly role and that wifey role. Mm-hmm. And I mean I jumped right in. I jumped right mm-hmm. in and I was like, yeah, I'll meal yep. plan and I'll do <laughs> this and I'll do the grocery shopping and I mean, even just a couple of nights ago, I, uh, my husband and I were in a conversation and I had to remind him, and this wasn't like a bitter conversation or anything like that. I was, it was honestly more joking, um, where I was like, it just to remind you all the things that I do for our family are unpaid labor. So if you want me to stop and you want to hire someone to go grocery shopping and to clean our house Mm -hmm. and to pick up our kids and to take care of our kids, when you're not here, you just let me know, you know, (laughs) that's That's like just an edge, but truth
1: to it as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And so I want to hear, hear kind of your take Mm -hmm. on how that really kind of drives our enabling versus supporting instinct.
1: Yeah. You probably come across that meme where it's like, if girls mature fast, and I'm going to butcher this, but it's like, if girls mature faster than boys, why aren't we telling boys to look up to girls as leaders and as role models, instead of telling the girls, just be patient, boys mature slower than you. Yes. So that, that quote, or that concept gets me really thinking about this stuff because I grew up in a really traditional evangelical Christian type of home. Uh, My mom stayed home full time. My dad worked and just that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. And what was, they weren't so much like you need to grow up to be a wife and mother, but I am a first generation college student. They did not support me going to school to my undergrad, let alone to get my doctorate. So they just don't get that concept. They really Mm. think it's strange and a waste of time. So I've got this background that did grow up hearing a lot about women's roles and subservience to men and Mm. women are just, you know, God's natural nurturers and this and that. And I don't want to get into a full on like religious debate about this at all, because I no longer personally ascribe to those same religious beliefs. But I continue to wrestle with, is this nature? Is this nurture? Mm -hmm. How much was I encouraged to look out for these things? Mm -hmm. How much was I, and I'm one of three girls, so my dad was outnumbered, but I remember, and I'm the youngest of the three, I was often... Like teased in some ways because I would get the quote boy chores like picking up the dog poop or taking out the trash or things like that. Uh Whereas my sisters, maybe, oh, will you help with dinner or do the laundry or something like that? So it was just even interesting within our own nuclear family, my family of origin around Mm -hmm. how those roles were divided up. And then you fast forward the majority of my adult life, I'm living on my own. I have nobody else to manage or to share duties with. Mm -hmm. And then I jump in my first full time living with somebody and his children. Mm. And he was living with his mom. He had just moved back to the area about a year prior and was living with her for a couple of months before he bought his own home. And in the course of this timing, he ended up getting full custody of his kids. His mom was about to retire and she said, you know what, why don't we find a home that I can have an apartment on the downstairs and you can be upstairs with the boys and I can help you with the boys. Mm. A couple months later, my husband and I meet, we fall <laughs> in love rather quickly, move in, et cetera, et cetera. She still lives with us, but he was, you know, he had her to help care for the kids as well she did the laundry I remember teasing him about like do you know how to do laundry of course I know how to do laundry I I just choose not to I I just have only ever seen your mom do your laundry you know before I moved in he's like well it's just she offers she offers you know and your mom still touches your underwear Mm. (laughs) what is this like okay so what is it about you I mean I get that like Yeah, that is a kind and generous thing for her to offer to help him in some ways. And how much is your mama enabling you in this? Mm
0: -hmm. Is it you
1: can't do it or you won't do it? Like, Mm -hmm. you know. Or she doesn't want to wait around for you to do it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, um, So wrestling with these. and I are very similar in terms of our egalitarian gender views, things like that. Anybody can do anything. And yet when it comes down to it, I think our most natural strengths and abilities do tend to fall into what many would consider traditional gender roles. Uh Um, I love to cook, have always loved to cook. And so I have primary duties with that. And because I like to cook, I'd prefer to do the grocery shopping. I don't want to send him there with the list and he's not going to get what I want. And uh-huh. you know, it's easier to do that. And um, I kind of have taken point on like coordinating everybody helping with house tasks and cleaning and things like that. Um, and again though, what's tricky is how much of that is the patriarchy having mm-hmm. conditioned me to think that the home is the domicile, you know, is the domain of the female. Right. Versus that's just also where my natural strengths lie in keeping track of all of those things Mm -hmm. and coordinating that. And yet, well, if you don't give him the opportunity, then he won't ever learn to do it. Right. So how am I enabling? But then there's that whole mental load. He'll be like, just tell me what to do. And I'll be like, that's the thing. I don't want to have to tell you you're an adult. You're a 41 year old man. look around use your eyes please that that's that's
0: funny I I have and my husband knows this I shift my language and I will not ask for help I I won't ask for help like I don't want to say help because help means that it's my responsibility and I am asking I'm tagging you in no I'm saying hey, will you do this? Or I'm doing mm-hmm. this now, you need to be doing like, and then even that is yeah. directing and being the coordinator, you know? And it's like, I, I mean, I, I get too stuck in some of it and like, I get upset with the, ima- the uh, emotional labor, the baggage that yes. we are, con- like, you know, mm-hmm. I find myself being like, <laughs> I posted in stories last night, how my husband used the parchment paper and he left like two yes, inches of that. it, and I'm like, "Motherfucker, mm-hmm. seriously?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. And luckily, I have another role.
1: a backup. Yes. A backup. Christina, because, you are my people.
0: Because, of course, I have an inventory that is stored in my head of everything that we have, and my husband knows this, so he'll be like, "Hey, uh, we are uh, almost out of ketchup." Bitch, you know where the ketchup is. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the concept of like mental and emotional labor was a hard one for my husband to get behind. And I think he still really wrestles with it. I think he's finding fewer and fewer very like, valid arguments to make mm. against that concept because uh-huh. I remember when I first shared him and I don't know are you familiar with that like French cartoon that was originally in French that was translated and it was like about this concept of emotional labor oh. mental uh-huh. labor mm-hmm. it's worth looking up if you haven't seen it or if your listeners haven't uh, seen it really articulates this and I showed it to him and he was like well I've got my own uh mental and emotional labor and I was like okay you know Trying cool. to model uh-huh. listening sure. and all this. Continue. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so yeah, you know, I imagine you do. I genuinely do imagine you do. Like, what are some of the things that you are thinking about that you think are totally off my radar? Well, I take out the trash, the big trash can to the sidewalk every Tuesday morning. Uh-huh. I was like ours is Friday morning. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's also his and job. Yet- yeah. Tuesday morning, I am wondering and waiting to see if you are going to remember you remember to take it. Ah. <laughs> you know, like, or if you happen to have silenced that reminder, which I programmed on your phone because you couldn't figure out how to like set recurring reminders at some point, and you know, and so I like programmed this recurring reminder to go off on Tuesday mornings at seven o'clock. And I said, "But it's not that I'm not thinking about that, or I'm not aware of that. Right. Right. And he's like, okay, well, um, the garage. And I'm like, you mean the garage where like my tools and my shit has gone to die since moving in here that I can't find any of my stuff because you have like completely subsumed this. I think about the garage too. And every now and again, when you're away on a business trip, I think about going down there and like totally reorganizing it because you have probably reorganized the garage like half a dozen times mm. since we've been at this house. Mm-hmm. And again, it bumps up against How do I hold him accountable to also be a functioning adult? And yet how do I not project my own expectations or desire for what our space looks like? I mean, there's only so much that I think is respectful
0: Mm -hmm. and kind
1: to demand of somebody else to meet my needs, my preferences.
0: Yes, Yes. my husband always reminds me, this is your timeline, not mine. And I'm like, yes, but your timeline is always late. (laughs) Your timeline yeah. is always, you know, and it's like and that creates tension, right? Because he's and and I mean he said many times of like, if you don't want to be a part of this, then don't be a part of it. But like don't oh, gosh. like don't get on me about doing this if you don't like the way that I'm doing it. And it's just oh, he has a point. He has yeah, a point. He totally does. At the does. same time, it's like, where's that happy middle
1: where yeah.
0: Cause then that kind of stuff, those ty- types of things that we hear makes us want to completely disengage and be yes. like, fine, then I won't be a part of this. And then all mm-hmm. of this stuff goes away and, you know, it's not a magic fairy that mm-hmm. brings in the toilet paper and yes. keeps toothpaste stocked and, you know, or mm-hmm. make sure that my dairy free allergy kiddo is has all of his snacks every week that we uh-huh. have them, you know, like who does that?
1: That's me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to make sure that I, that I, I kind of like even temper myself because I'm allowed to be like, yes, yes, you know, preach it. And, mm-hmm. and, But that resentment plan that you plant that you were talking about earlier, it's like I can feel myself just even in the course of our conversation, I'm at this decision tree right now, or this like why of like, I could go in and be like, yes. Fine, fuck your kids. They won't have uh-huh. the snacks. They won't have the nitrate free beef sticks that they like uh-huh. for their lunches because they don't know how to pack a freaking peanut butter and jelly sandwich or they melt down at having to do this because their mom makes their sandwiches for them. And I refuse yeah. to enable an 11 year old who knows how to make a freaking picket. Anyway, I can go <laughs> off. But where was I going? That?
0: You don't want to water the resentment plant. I don't right? want to water the you resentment to, plant. Yeah.
1: But I, in full transparency, I am five days in to being back engaged after about taking two and a half, three months off.
0: Mm, What did that, what does Um, that look like to be off? Fuck you all. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a, this last fall was just really, really rough. Our 11 year old, um, since I've been in the picture, I've seen that he has, um, he had some significant mental health issues and his mother has several, unfortunately now treated mental health issues, but that went untreated through the majority of his life up until I'd say about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And, that have no doubt affected his attachment and his functioning and his anxiety level and ADHD, like my husband, but all of this was undiagnosed. And so he has been kind of in and out of counseling. And finally we were able to get him connected with a psychiatrist and he started some medications and, but he, in some ways the medication I think freed him up to not feel as anxious and on edge. Mm -hmm. And then it all started to come out toward me. And last fall, I was called a stupid fucking bitch by the 11 mm-hmm. year old because I was holding him responsible for following through on emptying the dishwasher, which is his one house task. And I was getting, I wish that I'd never told dad that, yes, that he could marry you, Ugh. as if it was, you know, ever really his choice. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was just getting a lot of pushback. Dad didn't care about these things before you came into the picture. And in all fairness to the kids, they're right. Mm-hmm. Dad was like drowning in underwater. And having a partner allowed him to start to see some of the patterns in the shit show that was happening, like how mm-hmm. the unlimited screen time or the unlimited access to fruit snacks or whatever inconsistent meals how that was affecting their emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. So he would try to engage with them, but they would be so disconnected from having been on screens for hours. Yeah. And so I think me coming in, me shedding some lights, sharing some research and studies and thoughts. And I think it, this is where um, one of the other things we talked about in the DMs was like, how much of this is our shit, right? Because yep. I didn't want to be a parent because I knew how much effort it takes to be a parent. Mm -hmm. I was a nanny, a professional nanny.
0: attentive and intentional and all
1: that type of parent. Like
0: the way that you would want to parent.
1: Yes. It takes. So when I signed up for this, it Mm -hmm. was like, okay, I'm in, I guess we got to do this. And like, I'm not somebody who can just half ass something like this. I feel too much sense of responsibility and an awareness of the power and impact that parents have on their children like mm-hmm. i can't psychologically just pretend that doesn't exist yeah so when it comes to consistency and you know a lot of my friends will be like eh just let them do this i'm like i honestly don't know how to do that yeah like no consist like every parenting book talks about consistency every relationship book talks about reliability and consistency And I'm really good at being consistent. And that is not one of my husband's strengths. And I think that's really confusing for the kids because dad will find a way to waffle around this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't really see the reason for the wiggle room other than they're pushing back and you're uncomfortable with that. And yet how much of this is my shit of like, Kelly, chill. You know, you don't need to be a perfect parent. How much of this is me reenacting my own family shit expectations of external perfection without being internally congruent. My parents were like hypocrites to the max about stuff. So I guess I just, you know, I keep coming back to this idea of how difficult it can be. And I'm a psychologist who's in my own active therapy right now and Uh all of this. And I still daily wrestle and have to kind of sift through and don't always land feeling very 100% confident on, am I enabling? Is this my own shit? Is this the patriarchy? Is this me Uh leaning into my natural strengths? Uh Is this me holding boundaries? Which as we know, boundaries are not for others. They are for us.
0: Our own mental health. Like it's all woven in there.
1: And yet, mm-hmm. it's not easy to sift through. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just, but uh, yeah, I keep wanting to come back yeah. to like, oh my gosh, this is tough. Mm-hmm.
0: It is tough, and that's why I, I feel like that is why I embrace so much. Like why people choose to do what they do. Um, that's that's the radical part about all of this, right? Is you mm-hmm. like I do not judge a stepmom who is a hundred percent in it and is like mad that her partner, like, I get it. Like, I get it. I also don't just Mm -hmm. step-mom who's like, Nope, not my kids, not my kids, Mm -hmm. not my problem, Mm -hmm. you know, because they have their own stuff, their own reasoning, Mm -hmm. what's working for them. Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I love that there's so many different ways that we're learning about what this role can be and the different supports and the different ways of doing it. Like, I love Mm -hmm. that. But I think this particular topic of supporting and enabling is not okay. an easy and it changes like it changes. I mean, you disengaged yeah. and that was something that you probably mm-hmm. needed. Yes. And have regrouped For my own
1: mental health. and Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what I'm saying too. Like disengaging is a continuum. Like, it's not like, you know, you can't come back from it. It's, this is mm-hmm. how you preserve things your mental health and in most cases, your relationship, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because
1: it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go. No, I was just going to say it. Yeah. It did. It felt pretty dire at this point of, I felt the resentment. It was like a bush. It was, you know, mm-hmm. one of the fastest growing, you know, <laughs> bushes uh-huh. and weeds, Those dandelions. <laughs> it was dandelions all over because it went from, Hey, this is kind of a cool, I can lean into this. I can bring what I've got. I can love these kids be another adult in their life who is, you know, able to pour into them and be a stable presence and all of this, which they haven't always had benefit of and blah, blah, blah. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Hey, wait a minute. Um, babe, you need to also be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't just, Bail out because it's hard or you don't want them to be mad at you because you're not the fun parent and she fully leans into that right. and but I'm so tired you know everybody has their thing he was struggling with job transitions and just several things going on for him and I think again finally coming to terms with his ADHD and his own mental health stuff that needed some treatment led to him disengaging even more and then that led to me being like mm-hmm. I am like seriously about to check out here So it started with I can't be part of the morning routine because if you're not going to stick to the routine that their counselor and right you know others have recommended them benefiting from significantly for their own mental health and well-being they need a consistent routine. if you aren't going to do that, I'm out because I don't want to hear that shit show every morning and I'm going to shut the bedroom door and you yeah. deal with it. Don't, don't lay in bed and expect them to be able to come in and out and do whatever. No, 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 no. you be out there. Yeah. And so it started with the morning routine and then it added to kind of the evening routine and just these times where I saw him being really inconsistent and struggling to be that kind of like sturdy leader that the boys needed and that I had been doing for a good three years and I was white. I just, Mm -hmm. I needed to pull back. My mental health was absolutely suffering Mm -hmm. and I cannot allow myself to not practice what I preach. Yeah. Like, uh, And that goes beyond just like some ethical obligation or legal obligation, (laughs) but in a, no, 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 this just doesn't sit right. Mm Which is why I think I so often wanna come back to, okay, let me slow down. Let me think about this. And is this gonna be a resentment issue like you framed it or anxiety issue? Is this shitty choice A or shitty choice B? Which of these pain points feels most congruent with what I have the capacity Mm -hmm. to put put up with right now? Mm -hmm. And this isn't to say that step parenting is 100% miserable. And not, but, but, and Uh it's hella tough. Yeah. So much harder. And I have one friend who is a step parent, everybody else around me in my circle are biological parents. And there's this piece of, I've gotten so much praise. Oh, the boys are so lucky to have you this and that. And on some level that only feeds into my ego. around, I can step in and do this really well, Mm -hmm. but that's just my own shit too, because yeah, I am, I'm an overachiever, not a perfectionist, but I am an overachiever who Mm -hmm. likes praise.
0: Yeah. I, yes. I think when I share stuff on stories, um, I always get an array of the spectrum, no matter what I will share how I was involved in something. And I will get a message. That's like, I don't even know why you did that. Why isn't your husband doing that? Why don't you ask your husband to do that? And I'm like, oh, you're probably one of the nacho people, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then I get that, oh, he's so lucky to have you, or you're such a great stepmom, or you know, um, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And neither are wrong, but it's all how I interpret it and what sits well with me. And like you, I hear the, you know, you're such a good stepmom, and that validates me, and that mm-hmm. I do feel like I'm doing what's right for me I'm not saying I'm doing the right thing and those people aren't doing the right thing if they don't do Mm -hmm. what I do like Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm saying I'm doing the right thing for me but I'm you have to like sit with that and go is this just like is that am I who am I doing this for really you know or yes my Mm -hmm. husband Like, and another like kind of tangenting a bit but and just having the conversations with our partners too about this experience. And I'm always telling yeah. people, like the more you can demystify what our experience is like and try and have our partners understand a little bit more, you know, because mm-hmm. I've I've presented stuff to my partner where I'm like, hey, can you take this on? Like I, you know, and it's all about how I unpack it and present it to him, right? But there's been times where he's like, I thought you liked doing that. Like, I just thought this was like a part of the team divide and conquer type of thing. And I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. You think I enjoy, you know, laying out his clothes every fucking day? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's just, you know, the topping. It's so fun, you know, know? or- You you find such meaning
1: in that. Yeah. (laughs) I really found, but I I say that actually, but, but knowing that there are people for whom that is incredibly meaningful right? and for them, that's a fit. Yes. And that is
0: is fine. But I like that conversation that we, those conversations that we can have where you speak up and that's how that resentment breeds, right? Is if you're not having that conversation and saying, Hey, I've been doing this. I really don't like doing it. Like, for example, I've I've shared before, you know, I I don't like being the one that's carting all the kids around where they need to go. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to divide those responsibilities. Um, Mm -hmm. And the silver lining of COVID is that that did like a hard stop to me Mm -hmm. chauffeuring and being this crazy lady. And when the world started to like reopen slowly, I expressed that to my husband and I was like, Mm Hey, I don't want to do that again. I was not a nice person. I realized how unhappy I was. And then we regroup, but he didn't know that I didn't want to do those things. And that I was feeling resentment until I spoke up about it. And Mm -hmm. it's like the more that we can become more aware Mm -hmm. of what we think, why we think it, Mm
1: -hmm. where it's
0: coming from, we can kind of build our own articulation so we can communicate to our partners and ask for what we need, like yeah, kind of just how we have to advocate for ourselves.
1: Yeah. And ultimately you're, if you took that on in the beginning, for whatever reason, that reason can change. You're Mm -hmm. allowed to change your mind and it does become your responsibility to care for yourself. In a way, and I think my husband sometimes gets shocked when I'm like, no, 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 we all need to be looking out for ourselves, not in a selfish, self-absorbed way, but in a healthy, we are the only ones who can know what our experience is like. Mm -hmm. We are our primary advocates. I cannot respectfully assume that my husband is going to be able to read my mind and know what I want, be able to meet my needs. If I think my needs are valid, I have a responsibility to communicate to them, communicate them to him or to others, and to advocate and say, hey, this need deserves to be met. Mm -hmm. I'd like for you to meet that need. Are you willing to meet that need? Mm -hmm. That is ultimately on me. But I think for many of us, maybe we grew up in homes where that was the risky, unsafe, way vulnerable choice to say, hey, I've got a need. Will you meet it? Because I know that for my own family of origin, that was not something that they often had the capacity to meet. I mean, my parents were 15 mm-hmm. and 19 when they got pregnant with my, young, my older sister. My mom was 19 when she had me. So very quick, three kids. And I grew up feeling like a burden, like mm-hmm. they resented us. We were just a distraction or a disruption to the life that they maybe had envisioned for themselves and the shitty part and this is again my shit that i will own that i have to temper is how much i sometimes can feel like this whole step parenting role feels like a burden mm. feels like a a something that i wish that i didn't have to do mm-hmm. and i think the antidote to that is stepping back from that place of doing things out of obligation yes And if I choose to step into areas where my partner is not particularly strong and do things that some might view as enabling, well, ultimately I have to reckon with, is that me enabling? Is that my shit? Or is that me seeing something that I can do that requires about 5% of my energy? Whereas for Mm -hmm. him, it might take 90% and just based on his neurodivergence Mm -hmm. and am I willing to do that? Right. <laughs> because if he uses 90%, that's going to leave me with less of yeah. something else. Mm-hmm. And that, that
0: is exactly that scenario right there is exactly why I write most of the emails to buy mom. And some people mm. are like, I don't understand that's his job, you know. and it's like, yes, but my husband's trauma with her and the amount of energy it takes mm. for him to write an email to her and to like, try and not be a jerk (laughs) and to just stick to the facts or stick to what we need you know um it is so much easier for me like mentally to just keep things business-like and I get it done in four sentences Mm -hmm. and it would have taken him an hour and then after that hour he's depleted and he's like I want to go to bed I would rather spend the five minutes send it and then get to spend time with my husband and that's like that constant like weighing of Mm -hmm. you know how much energy and what, and am I watering the plant or am I, you know, taking away the anxiety?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And what's, what fits for one person isn't necessarily going to fit for that same person six months down the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, my husband and I really had to reckon with, and the, the, the boys getting COVID and having to stay at their mom's for two weeks, Was actually probably in a lot of ways like a long term marriage saver because it gave us some extra space to -hmm. say, okay, we need this. I need this to look differently when they come back. Mm -hmm. What are you prepared to commit to doing differently? Because Mm -hmm. I need you to know how serious this is for me. Mm -hmm. And we were able to kind of write up some bullet points specifically of like what I needed to see from him what he needed to see from me. Mm -hmm. And the goal with that wasn't to be this rigid controlling document, but rather something that can help ground us Mm -hmm. back when we're outside of the tense emotional moments to say, okay, what's actually important to me so that I'm not making these enabling decisions based on my own anxiety or my own shit, but rather again, grounding it in, well, what am I willing to do Mm -hmm. at this moment? And how will I know if that changes?
0: Mm-hmm. You got to have those conversations. And I think for our partners, they need those tangible examples. They need, mm-hmm. you know, because I I will share with my husband, like, I don't want to do that, you know, what, I, and he'll be like, okay, he'll feel abandoned. He'll feel like, yes. I oh, thought, he has. yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought we were a partnership. I thought we were just dividing yes. and conquering. I thought we were a teammate. And here you are saying you don't want to do those things anymore. And, he feels flooded. Right. And, and yeah. I'm like, I'm not abandoning you. I just, I've done a post on this, um, where it's not that I don't want to be a parent. It's just, that I want to be a parent less. And I want to be a partner more. And when those mm-hmm. things outweigh each other, and I feel like I'm in this marriage to raise other people's kids and I'm not feeling, those warm fuzzies or I'm not feeling appreciated or I'm not feeling seen or valued or connected with my partner. It's hard not to ask yourself, why the hell am I here? Right. Cause oh, we yes. all are here yeah. because we fell in love with someone and they just happen to have kids. Yes. Like exactly. It always comes back to that.
1: Yes. My husband has used the same phrase that he feels abandoned. And you know, the psychologist to me always wants to be like, uh, I let's didn't abandon that. you you just speak, you know yeah let's unpack that um, <laughs> don't say you abandoned me say I feel abandoned mm-hmm. or I've you know I like, mm-hmm. oh, use those I statements again it's probably so fucking annoying to be <laughs> oh. you know, a mental health professional no yeah. it is annoying I know it is yeah um <laughs> and yeah it's been interesting and humbling and also kind of enraging <laughs> if I'm honest like to hear him talk about feeling abandoned when I'm like, I have been actively raising your children. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get to the point where I resent them. Mm -hmm. And I ideally don't want to be resenting you. But when your child is angry because I'm holding him accountable to empty a dishwasher and he calls me a stupid fucking bitch. Now, fortunately he was like, what did you just say? You know, like he was (sighs) absolutely on it. (laughs) Yeah. And they, the, the, the thing that I've come to see with both of the boys and they have articulated this is like, they know that I can, I'm a safe space. They don't say a safe space, but they're like, I just know that I can like tell you how I'm really feeling.
0: Mm. Oh, I mean that sucks, man. It sucks hard.
1: <laughs> it's
0: such like a you backhanded know, thing. <laughs> it's such a backhanded
1: compliment. I'm like, I'm so glad I made you feel yeah. safe. That I'm yeah. not going to smack you or something. You know, like my parents would have done. Um, and you become this vessel, or I feel like I have become kind of the target for. They sanctify their mom. She's wonderful. Can do no wrong. And yet there is this part of me that our oldest has been having these kind of full-blown meltdowns, like falling to the floor, writhing, drooling, Mm. et cetera, et cetera, as if he's having like a seizure. And he has never once had one of these episodes at his mom's house. Mm. And they almost always occur following him being held accountable for something he didn't do or should have done or whatever, or did and shouldn't have. And when we've talked about it with him after, he's like, hey, you know, it's interesting. Your mom has kind of suggested that, like, there's something wrong with our home that we might be doing that's not helping you out. And mm. I wonder if you can think of anything that we're doing here that's maybe activating these episodes. Like, mm. I want to be open to hearing that if there is something about our home's dynamic. And he said after hemming and hawing he's like well I you know I only get to see her for like a couple of days and like she's just going to tell me to go to my room mm. so like like yeah. here there's just a lot more and he like gestured to his room and he's like I don't know th- like our house is just bigger and I was like bigger He's like yeah there's just like you know there's it's, it's quieter it's just like it's like, I can, I can let all that out. Mm -hmm. I don't have to hold it in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course I'm psychoanalyzing all of this while trying to not take it personally, but taking it personally, (laughs) trying to separate and all this shit. And it's like, Oh damn it. Yeah. You know what they say is like kids, they will act their worst around the people they feel the safest. And boy, does that trigger some like abusive relationship pattern things for me that become this like we would never let adults treat us the way kids treat us. What right. is it we, we are allowing, you know, in some ways that we, you know, tell ourselves the brain isn't developed. I get all that. And yet I'm like, and I yet, would never allow my husband to call me a stupid fucking bitch and yeah. then go on and make him dinner the next day. <laughs> what? <Right. laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And I remember. Cause I, I, my parents were separated. They were divorced and my mom to this day will bring up stuff and be like, well, you never say that kind of stuff to your dad or you never do that to your dad or you never treated your dad like that. And I had a long distance dad. I saw him every couple months. There was a period of time mm. I didn't see him for a couple of years. And, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, cause I only got this amount of time with him. And when I did get that time, I sure shit wasn't going to be talking about hard crap or telling him about this or like, mm you know, it was all fun. It was all, cause we had such a, you know, so I really, really get, I really get that mentality as a kid. And that's what mm-hmm. I like, I try and like think about. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I see how I, I see how that worked out. Like I see why I did and mm-hmm. thought. And so it's, it's really, it's really weird when it, it comes full circle. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have these really hard conversations with, you know, my stepson and I'm just like walking away from it. Like, Oh my, that was exhausting. I parented so Mm -hmm. hard in there. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I also have to go, wow. Like he really trusts me Mm. and that's cool. And that like also sucks, but that's great. And okay. (laughs) you know, <laughs> like yeah. to, I'm dealing with all this stuff. And then at the end of the day, it's like, I am like, I know that I'm a really important person for him, even if yeah. it doesn't feel that way all the time, or even if it's hard, like
1: mm-hmm. it's also,
0: and you know, he's not, he's not neurotypical and I have to not expect him to behave in certain ways that are not in line. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have to just go off of what he presents
1: with and, you know, meet him where he's at. Parent the child you have, not the one you wish you had. Yes. Yes. Well, and just even thinking about the conversation we're having about what is enabling our partners versus helping them versus Mm -hmm. patriarchy and all that, that goes into the kids too. Like, how are we enabling them? How are we setting Mm -hmm. or enabling certain gender stereotypes or behaviors or things um when somebody has a mental health condition how are we recognizing honoring respecting that while also not infantilizing them mm-hmm. and so much of the research around kids uh, with adhd for example is that they are a good three plus years emotionally and socially maturationally behind behind their, their, peers, their, their, chronolog- their periods, chronological chronological yeah. Mm-hmm. And boy, do I find myself thinking, oh gosh, the 11 year old, you're acting like a you know, like seven year old, maybe. Yep. Yep. And the eight year old's acting like, you know, a four or five year old baby. Mm-hmm. And so, but it, it's a tricky thing too, because as an adult who has chosen to be present in their life, I do have a responsibility for how I show up. Yeah. I have a responsibility for what I model, what I do and don't do, how I engage with their dad and set boundaries with their dad, mm-hmm. how I show grace and compassion for their dad, how I show grace and compassion for them, how I show grace and compassion for myself. You know, all mm-hmm. of those things, there's just such an awareness that I, I can't help but have. And I know some people have said like, oh, you take this parenting thing so seriously." It's like- yeah. Well, I, I work with people every day in my professional <laughs> life where they have had some serious wounds, right? Maybe I that's can't it. ignore this.
0: Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why the helpers and the, especially the social workers and the clinic, like the clinicians and stuff, because I mean, my husband and I, I was in a conversation of random very easygoing conversation last night with my husband. I am I am talking about his childhood trauma, and I'm like, yeah, it's very interesting, you know. And he's just like, what the fuck? Can we just like have a normal conversation? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't turn this off. Like it's everywhere, right? So when we're constantly working with people yes. who are coming in talking about how our childhoods shape the P and we can't yes. ignore that mm-hmm. when we are responsible for especially. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I have my stepson, and I have our ours daughter, and you know, I feel an intense responsibility for both. Um, yeah. And I think before my daughter, I I I was like, it's like when you, this sounds so bad. If you like borrowing a friend's shirt or you're driving a friend's car or something like, you treat mm. it nicer than you would maybe your own. <laughs> uh, okay. So, you okay, know, like, I'm like, you know? he's not mine. So like, I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm more aware of things and he sees me differently. Uh, and I, if yeah. I mess up, I have less grace, you know, uh-huh. than his other parents. And so I oh, feel yeah. like I have to be more on and on yes. all that stuff, but yeah, it's
1: well. And the thing is, is you're not just making that shit up. Like, some, some people might say, oh, well, that's just your anxiety, or you need to let that go. Well, it's like, okay, sure, some of it may be your anxiety, and some of it may, you may need to be, you know, a person may need to practice sitting with the discomfort of somebody not liking them, or mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. being viewed as the perfect heroic stepmom or something. Mm-hmm. And yet the reality is, is that we do have a social obligation, an emotional obligation to Mm -hmm. the people we are choosing to be in community with. Mm -hmm. And I didn't choose to just be my husband's concubine. Mm -hmm. I chose to live in the home, share a home with him and his two boys and his mom. (laughs) And that comes with a weight and a responsibility Mm -hmm. that I'm frequently recalculating what that mm-hmm. actually tangibly looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I shared, you know, there've been times when I've stepped way back uh, the last few months and then times when I was very involved and then times when I could let things slide a little bit and be like, oh, okay, well, if he fails sixth grade, I guess he fails sixth grade. You know, he's not <laughs> actually going to fail sixth grade, but he just never gets around to turning assignments in. And mm. but it's like, pick your battles what's my shit? What's his shit? What's the patriarchy? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, the, uh, oh crap. I had it (laughs) just the, um, I mean, the resentment stuff, like all of it is there's no simple answer and there's no like one way to do it. Um, it's, it's again with that, the more, you know, yourself and the more, you know, oh, I reacted this way. Like how we talked about in the beginning, that self-talk, we got to get that inner reflection going on and, and be like, okay, why does that feel weird? Why does that feel icky to me? Mm -hmm. Is it because I really don't want to do it? Is it because I feel like the boundary is being crossed? Is it like asking yourself and taking the time to do that? Because. I talk with so many stepmoms that it has they are just on the hamster wheel or they're mm-hmm. just you know going with it and then all of a sudden they break and it's like I want a divorce, <laughs> like I don't want to be doing mm-hmm. this anymore. And it's like yeah. all right, let's 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 find the root and dig it up because you've been watering yeah. that resentment plant too long, and you know, mm-hmm. it's um there's so many contributing factors, and I think to understand that and that there are all these different things at play. It's the onion, you know, that allow that to comfort you in a way where it's not just you're a shitty stepmom and you shouldn't be feeling that way. It's not just, you know, well, you knew what you're getting into. It's not, you know, it's, it's all that judgment and that shame that we hear from others or that we put on ourselves. Um, it's the simple answer, right? Like it's, it's, it's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's funny as we're talking, <sighs> as we're talking, I'm like, I can hear my husband upstairs getting dinner for the kids. And this is how deep the shit runs guys. I can, I'm thinking, Oh, I hope he sees that there's already an open thing of rice. And that he doesn't open <laughs> another thing of rice. Like, you know, like, like if I were up there and then, Oh, this is going to happen, you know, like it mm-hmm. it's I'm, it's so funny. It's so, mm-hmm. so funny. And that's okay. We're going to start wrapping up in a second, but I, I think <laughs> too, um, the step-moms that message me or I see comments and stuff of, I have a real, they'll, they'll say like, I have a really hard time planning things when we have the kids. Cause I feel like, you know, I should be there. And that is where I think a lot of that, like, are you supporting? Mm-hmm. Are you wanting to be a part of the kids lives? Are you enabling the dad or the partner to, you know, not parent and not have the opportunity to just be with his kids. Like, like I, like I will leave for a day or two and I will think, Oh, I hope he does this for him or whatever. And I have to tell myself he's the dad, just, just let him do it and not text him and be like, Hey, remember that he had, you
1: know, like just <laughs> let it go.
0: Um, but it's hardwired. And-
1: and yet, just even like a practical example, is I'm the primary communicator with the boys' teachers. Mm-hmm. And so, if I'm gone and he doesn't check the take home folder in which there is a time sensitive document that needs to be reviewed and returned, and then I get an email from the teacher saying, Hey, what's up with this? Where is it at? And then I have to manage my own embarrassment about being, you know, like the parent who's dropped mm-hmm. the ball, and mm-hmm. it's not even me who's dropped the ball. So then do I intervene and say, hey, babe, you, you forgot to check the take-home folder. The mm-hmm. teacher needs that return for the speech therapy or what have you. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm trying to not, I'm sitting in a hotel room for a business trip and I'm trying to not micromanage and remind him about the rice that's open or what have you, <laughs> the equivalent. Uh-huh. Metaphorically speaking, I may still get pulled in simply Mm -hmm. by virtue of some of the tasks that I have that we've distributed in the household. Mm -hmm. And so then I'm getting the email from the teacher and not knowing, and then I'm having to follow up with him Mm -hmm. and then he gets embarrassed or, you know, because he knows Mm -hmm. he didn't check it for the third day in a row or something. So again, these things are just not as simple as, well, just don't reply to the teacher. Right,
0: right. And when you are the one that has to deal with the consequence or when you are the one that's like, I don't forget things and I don't want people to think that I'm the one that's forgetting things. I'm not the one that's, you know, um, the take-home folder for my stepson. You have to sign your name on every Thursday, which it's, it's Thursday. So I need to go upstairs and sign it. Um,
1: my, you should make your husband sign that I should,
0: because (laughs) my signature is the only one that's on there. Even on bio moms weeks, she won't sign it. She doesn't sign it since the start of school, it's this, like just this <laughs> blog and it's all my signature. I'm the only one that does it. And a part of me is kind of petty. And I'm like, look at me. I'm
1: the only one that does it. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that our own shit? You know, That's like, our own it's shit. Like, oh yeah. We're patting ourselves on the back and feeling gratified. Yep. And that maybe keeps us hooked in some of these yep. little things that we do end up kind of enabling. And I've said to my husband, like, what would you do if I didn't do X or Y? He'd be mm-hmm. like, I'd do it eventually. i figure I'd it like, out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the school asked you, emailed you, called you repeatedly for a copy of the custody order like three years in a row. And it was only this last <laughs> fall that I finally was like, dig that out. I will it scan is. it at work and take it in. Or, you know, mm-hmm. Um Cause he just is like, eh, what are they gonna do? Like, what's the big deal? Like, if she wants to just come and pull him out of school, fine, you know. But she's not gonna do that. She's too lazy or something. And I'm like, okay, hey, but that's not the point. Legally, they are obligated to have this document yeah. on file, and legally, you are required to provide it. So you are, you know, right. non-compliant with the law. And for right. me, I'm like, and that might spoiler. affect you.
0: And so, how can you just, yeah? Not, yeah it's uh, yeah. Cool. okay are there anything we didn't really touch on? Like <laughs> we talked about, I mean, patriarchy, got it. Mental mm-hmm. health, mm-hmm. the our shit, their shit. Um, oh, gosh, any, any final thoughts, any words of encouragement and those that are constantly grappling with, uh, am I enabling or am I just supporting words of wisdom, sweet, <laughs> sweet clinical psychologist, Kelly? <laughs> yeah.
1: I told you I was coming on this with no great answers. Um, (laughs) I I think I just keep coming back to the theme that we're talking about, which is know thyself. Um, Mm. Kind of like wherever you go, you take yourself with you. So (laughs) know that like you have an obligation to care for yourself first and foremost. And in that classic, metaphor of you know when you're flying on a plane if you're flying with somebody who's going to need help and the oxygen masks drop be sure to put your own mask on first mm-hmm. and I think for me one of my reoccurring kind of mantras and reminders that I try to very gently compassionately remind myself is Kelly you will be As much of a helper as you want to be, or as much of a wonderful stepmom, how lucky are they to have you? Kind of a thing. As much as you might feed into that and feel good about that, you will be of no good to them or to yourself if you are not really slowing down enough to check in with yourself and say, What's going on for me? What's coming up for me that I am Mm -hmm. wanting to do X, Y, or Z instead of A, B, or C? Mm -hmm. and so by pausing enough to ask ourselves that question I think that's where we can start to sort through and maybe feel a little bit more confident that we're not just enabling Mm -hmm. or that it's not just our shit now the reality though and this is speaking as a political psychologist reality is is we will always have our shit yeah our partners will always have their shit Mm -hmm. and There just is never going to be perfection. And yet we can continually strive to advocate for ourselves, take responsibility for ourselves, own our shit, not project our shit onto others.
0: Yeah. I think the more that I can communicate my shit and my husband can communicate his shit. I love like how Mm -hmm. I I referred to yesterday's conversation where I was trying to unpack his trauma. That to me is interesting, right? Because I'm like, oh, that's the way that you tick. Like, that's why you react the ways Mm -hmm. that you do. And that helps me understand so I don't take shit personally. Or so I know, you know, like the more that we can know our stuff and hear from our partners and like, it's, I mean, I'm a, it's, it's a, I love talking about why we think the way that we do Mm -hmm. and the decisions that we make because it helps us in the long run. So, Mm um, yeah, definitely. It's, I feel like it's freeing when you can go, Oh yeah. Yeah this really upsets me because Mm -hmm. when I was a kid or because in a previous Mm -hmm. relationship or because my mom, you know, whatever that is Mm -hmm. and use that either to go, I'm going to detach from that. That doesn't need to be my present. That doesn't need to be my Mm -hmm. future or to go. I actually really enjoyed that. I'm, this is why I want to parent this way or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, however that resonates, um, can be super powerful. So, you know, that inner shit can be scary, but it's super. It's the roadmap, right? Like, yeah, helps you figure it out.
1: Yeah, yeah, or at least do our best to figure. Or at out, least right? do our best. <laughs> we may not figure this out ever,
0: but hey, you know we're trying. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Kelly, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I think it's very much needed. Um, any final words? You All right, I will. No, yeah. I'm going to try and find that article that we mentioned, um, the French one about the emotional mm-hmm. and attach that in the show notes, because I think that might be helpful.
1: So I think that could be interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, ladies, um, as always be well and stay radical. All right, ladies, the episode is over, but do you want a little more? Come find me on Instagram and join the community at radical stepmoms podcast, or schedule a one-on-one session and get that personalized support or become a radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch radical stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.